journey with Christ, we may expect our trials and tests to get easier. Unfortunately, the reality is things usually get harder. The temptations that trip us up as new believers may no longer be an issue, but God often allows us to face new challenges that will test us to our limits and beyond. As Pastor Mark explains in today's message, if we don't face these types of tests, we can't expect to grow. As we confront these battles and hardships, our vulnerability and incompetence will be revealed and we will have the opportunity to lean into God's power and place our trust more fully in Him. Well, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 5 with today's edition of Come Alive. Some believe that David was trying to cement relationships with the leading families of Israel, the various tribes. And if this is true, he's given some of the most influential Israelite families a stake in his success by marrying in and bringing on these other wives or these other women into his household. So we know that David had multiple wives. We know he had concubines. And you might think, well, wait a minute. How is this? How, is this part of, he, he, he did this. He was blessed with them so he could bless others. No, this is a sin. Uh, this is a problem that took place here. And we know that it's a sin because we're told way back in De- Deuteronomy seventeen seventeen that this is a, a, a disobedience to the Lord. He doesn't want you to have more than one wife. So we know that David's a liar. He has a problem with lying. And we know that he has a problem, well, with grabbing a bunch of women. And whether it's for political purposes or not, it's still, it's not a good idea. Just because it's permitted, remember we've said that, just because God permits something, that doesn't mean he, he says, well, I'm good with it. He just permits it. And we know what happens to David later on if you read through the stories. And you know that his sons, well, we'll talk about that. They, it's a prophecy. It says, you know, in, in 1 Samuel eight thirteen, it says, David will be king that takes the nation's daughters. And I don't know if that prophecy is, is, is right there. And that's what that's talking about 100%. But in 1 Samuel eight thirteen, it says, David will be a king that takes the nation's daughters. And this was in direct disobedience again to Deuteronomy 17, 17. It says, neither shall he multiply a king, shall not multiply wives for himself, lest his heart turn away. So more sons and more daughters are born to David. Certainly David and everyone else saw that these many children is God's sign of blessing upon David and his many wives. And so having a lot of kids in this time period would be a a huge blessing. But again, we have to wrestle with Deuteronomy 17, 17. 
Most of the trouble to come in David's life comes from his relationship with women from his children later on. It's often true that the seeds to our future are trouble are sown in times of great success. So when we have these seeds that we've sown and these troublesome seeds that start to pop up and rear their ugly heads, it's usually sown in the times that we have a lot of success. When we think, oh, we got it. Lord, yeah, I got this one. You, I don't need to bother. It's too small for you to even, don't even get out of bed, Lord. I got it. I can handle it. No, get up off your throne. I got it. It's little. It's little. Man, I got all this money. I just throw some money on it. Fertilize this thing. And so all of a sudden, later on in his life, we see that his son tries to kill him. You talk about dysfunctional families. That would be one of them because David has sown seeds of trouble. And so I wonder if there would have been a a greater blessing if he had not taken so many wives or not taken any of these women at all right here. I wonder what the blessing would have been, you know. And you sometimes look back and be like, man, I wonder if I would have never done that. Uh, What my life would have been like now or you know how this would have turned out or how this would have played out or how and I don't think we need to spend a lot of time wondering those things and trying to figure it out as much as we just need to say okay Lord I blew it and help me not do that again now in any kind of situation help me stop this and so again you know we said it before he's going to suffer for what he's sown because the sons of some of these wives are going to try to harm him, and he'll suffer heartbreak as well. Nothing worse than a broken heart. I think a broken bone's easier to handle because we know it's going to mend, but a broken heart, it's always got a scar on it. It always hurts. Look at verse 17. It says, Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. And so here we see something amazing. David's success brought these new challenges. Success always brings challenges. You might feel successful in one area, but you're going to also have a challenge in another area. It's like a job promotion. I can't tell you how many people, when I used to work in the baking industry, promote me. I'm your guy. I'm your guy. I'm your guy. And you would sit and you would watch and you'd say, hey, you know what? He may be my guy. And you give him the promotion and all of a sudden he's faced with this challenge and he's like, man, dude, I thought I was just going to be able to sit around and drink coffee all day long and hang out and surf on the computer. Like, really? You just thought that being... Promoted, being a boss of what you used to be is going to just allow you to do absolutely nothing? Well, here's your new challenge. It's most likely you. And so it always brings new challenging things coming your way, those successes in our lives. We get a success and you pass one test. Well, guess what? The next test is going to be tougher. The test in first grade was easier than the test in fifth grade. The fifth grade test was a lot easier than the test in sixth grade and so on and so on. Life's going to test you. And so as God works mightily in David's life, the devil also got to work and brought opposition against David. And see, Satan doesn't want to make it easy for you and I. But we can take a lesson here and learn something from David. What's he do? He inquires of the Lord. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And as David seeks God and looks to him for guidance, he's blessed. God honored David's dependence on him and gave him the promise of victory. Just think about that for a moment. 
The promise of victory. The promise of victory. You're going to win. That doesn't mean you can win and sit back on the couch. It doesn't mean David didn't have to do something. It means, hey, you're going to win, but you still got some work to do. You got to go out and secure the victory. So, verse 20, David went to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them. David had to go. David had to show up for the battle. And the Lord has broken through my enemies, is what he says, before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal-perazim. And so, here um, in verse 21, they left their images there, and David and his men carried them away. So he, he, he conquers these guys. They leave their little gods there, and David and his men carry them away. At the battle, David defeats the Philistines with an overwhelming force. It says like a breakthrough of water, like a flood. And not a lot of things can stop a flood. When it rushes and it tear, it can it can leave a ton of stuff in in distress. I was at the um, Colorado River one time with a friend and Asa and me and and a, a couple a couple of us are walking around down there and we we're just checking things out and we saw this giant tree. I mean, the tree was probably as long as this building and probably I don't even know how how big around in diameter it was, but the water moved it because of a flood, a big tree. And so, again, water's pretty powerful. So they're saying, you know, they came through. They, they just busted in there, and they tore these guys up. And so they left their images there, and David and his men carried away. They brought their idols to battles, what the Philistines would do. You know, do you bring your, your idols to a battle, thinking they're going to help defeat the enemy? Maybe your checkbook. Maybe maybe your idol, your, your cool car, and you're going to defeat the enemy. And like, yeah, you know, they're really going to respect me now because I got this. Because David inquired of God and obeyed God, they carried away the Philistine idols. You don't need stuff, you need God. If God blesses you with stuff, cool, let it be the Lord's. Look at verse 22. It says, Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, so he does it again, and he said, You shall not go up, circle around behind them, and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, how awesome that must have been, then you shall advance quickly, for the Lord will go out before you and strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so, as the Lord commanded him, and he drove back the Philistine, Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. And so here again, David inquires of the Lord. He, he prays. And what's different this time? What's different this time? Well, what's different is... It's not the same plan of attack. It's the same enemy, same type of situations going on. But after the first victory over the Philistines, David was wise enough to wait on the Lord before the second battle. Instead of just chasing them into the second one, he waits upon the Lord. I'm going to wait. I'm going to be patient. And it's easy for many in the same situation to say, I've, I've fought this battle before. I've done this. I know how to beat this thing. I've done it before. And not okay, good. You did it before. That was yesterday. Today's a whole brand new day. And so God instructs David in a different way. Just because it's the same situation doesn't mean you handle it the same way every single time. It doesn't mean that you fought and you won. It's going to be easy. David, David always triumphed when he inquired of the Lord, when he went to God first and foremost and said, all right, here it is. Here it is. 
So God tells David some specifics. God directed David differently in this battle, even against the same enemy. And not every battle is the same. It's not going to take place in the same area. You might think it's the same, but it's not. And so uh, how, how is that such a supernatural? And you got to ask yourself, how are these supernatural directions that are given and assistances, you know, how, how are they communicated now in today's day? And, you know, some of you might be saying, well, you know, I'm going through something. So how, how's God going to communicate to me now? How, how am I going to, how am I going to get the info? Because, well, a lot of times you'll hear people and just like in Newtown, why is this going on? Why is this happening? Well, number one, a lot of times because they're not asked for. Oh, we don't ask for them. They're not asked for because they're not expected. Do you expect God to work in your life in a mighty way? I mean, do you have that expectation when you wake up in the morning that, man, I'm going to see God working in an amazing way? And if you have that expectation, awesome, good for you. And if you don't and you're like, wow, you know, that'd be kind of cool to think of, you should. You should. I mean, he's God. He's never left his throne He still sees everything. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what's going to happen to you tomorrow. Oh, why couldn't he work in an amazing way? And why can't you expect him to do so? I think the reason that sometimes we don't get that communication is because we really don't expect God to work. We think, all right, well, you know, I got enough money in the bank this week to deal with whatever. They're not expected because people have no faith. Those things aren't expected because there's not faith. They don't have faith because they're under a refined spirit, probably, of, well, a little bit of atheism. Yeah, I don't believe that God can do that. If he can do everything, we say he can do everything, wouldn't that be kind of like thinking on on, on the level of an atheist that he can't, well, he can't do that. Uh, He can create the whole world, but he he, he can't do that. I know it's little, but he won't do it. He probably don't even want to waste his time with something that small. If he knows the hairs on your head, don't you think he can take care of something small? I mean, think about what he says about the sparrow. If he's concerned about a bird, wouldn't he be concerned about you much more, the one who could eat the bird? So at the signal of the Lord, when we see this here, and you see, he says, he tells David, when after he inquires in verse 24, and it shall be when you hear the sound of the marching in the tops of the mulberry trees. Who's mar- marching in mulberry trees? So the Lord gives him a signal. says, David, when you hear the signal, I'm going to give you a signal, bro. When you hear the signal, then, then you do something. You and your men, your boys, you go for it. And I promise you victory. What if David jumped ahead? He probably wouldn't have gotten victory. And he definitely wouldn't have gotten victory if he heard it and was like, I don't know, man. That could just be wind. Hey, yeah, that's wind. It doesn't sound like marching. I mean, it sort of sounds like marching, but no. Starting to doubt God. And when we doubt God, you know, it's impossible to get victory. It's impossible to get victory. Oh, I can't believe God would do that. Well, did you doubt? Yeah, I doubted him. Because for so long, this is what's been going on. Well, have you inquired of him? Not really. I was a little mad at him. Oh, yeah, that bothered him. He's like, oh, no, Mark's mad at me again. I'm going to quit being God. I'm just not doing the good God job for Mark. He's not threatened by my anger at him. 
See, when we sense that the Lord's at work, we need to move quickly. We need to move quickly. And we're going to see a great victory won. And so David and his troops rush forward to victory. And this, is, this principle is very true in our every single day walk with the Lord. When he says move, we should move. When he says sit, stay, and wait, sit, stay, and wait. Be a good puppy. Be good. Do what he asks us to do, and you'll be rewarded. And so we'll see a great victory won. We must also, in the spiritual warfare, observe and obey the motions of the Holy Spirit. Watching. See, he says, I'm going to give you a signal. When somebody gives you a signal, you have to prepare yourself to hear it. You have to sit and wait sometimes. My son and I were playing around at our shop, and he had these walkie-talkies that he got for his birthday. And I said, okay, you go over there, and I'll give you a signal. But you got to listen for the signal. And we were pretending we were attacking something. And we were going for it. And he was up in a tree, and I gave him the signal, and he's playing around, and I give him the signal. I mean, thank God we really weren't finding anyone because we'd have lost that day. I'd have been the only one running out there with my sharp, pointy sticks screaming at the chickens that we were attacking, and he was up in a tree just hanging out. Dad, you can see everything from up here. (laughs) Over. Hey, bro, I'm on the attack. I'm on the attack quick lesson, you know, so I went back and gave him a little lesson, said, this is what you're supposed to do, climb down out of the tree, this is just pretend, so he gets it, wait for the signal, next time, hey dad, you going to give me the signal, yeah, just wait till I get over there, how about now, no, I'm not there yet, what about now, okay, so I, I can't talk to you if you're still talking, God says the same thing, if you, if you don't shut up, how are you going to hear me, and if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss it. And we do that a lot as Christians. See, when we see the work of God happening around us, sometimes we're just like, is that God or, ah, that's not God. And he's like, go, go. No, 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 I don't know. Oh, no. Or we're talking. Lord, I'd, I'd really like to see you working around me. Okay, there's somebody to help. And Lord, it'd be really great to see you work. I'd love to do something really great. Okay, go. go. It's kind of like that little, just knock on your head. Like, Lord, and I do, my prayer's like, Lord, hit me with a spiritual two by four. Stun me, let me feel it and know it's real so I can move forward and do what it is you're calling me to do. Maybe, maybe God's shaking the mulberry trees in your life around you and you're just not hearing it and you're not watching it. That rustling sound should awaken us to, to prayer and to devotion. And it's okay if you missed it yesterday and this morning. He's a God of second chances and third chances. He'll give you another chance. See, a time of crisis and tragedy is also like the sound of that mulberry tree. We just experienced a huge one, something I couldn't even imagine for those parents. What's that rustling in your life? Maybe praying for those parents? I mean, we obviously, you know, what do you do for people like that, that that had that happen? Send them a card. You know, find out what you can do. There's There's a lot. Billy Graham evangelistic associations out there, Samaritan's purses out there. There's a Calvary Chapel not too far that's out there as well. You know, you can contact them and say, hey, what is it that you need? And they probably need a lot of counselors. So you might need to be praying for those Christian brothers and sisters that are having to hear those horror stories to sit in front of a parent that's just lost a baby. You, you might think, I can't do anything, but you can do the greatest thing ever, and that's pray for them. Pray that they have peace, that they that they see God working, and that God would work in their lives and make that uh, that tragedy is a, a great event. Those things that break us down and tear us apart are the things that tend to make us stronger, that God uses to strengthen us and make us better. 
I was explaining to the leadership this morning, sometimes a hurricane will blow through and knock down a building. And you learn something from that. Make that building stronger. Maybe this is a way that God says, I'm going to make the nation stronger. Maybe we as Christians need to start praying when we see those kids that, that have problems or that you maybe assume might have a problem or you see that's just all by himself. Maybe that's your cue, your mulberry tree to go over and say, hey, man, I just want to let you know that somebody loves you and he's greater than me. I'm not some weird perv trying to tell you, so I'm just trying to tell you that Jesus loves you, man. And give him a track. Carry those tracks. You were handed cards today when you came in. Hand those things out. I love my church. Find a track to hand with it. Maybe it's just, maybe you're not supposed to hand that card out. Maybe you're supposed to hand out something else that has the John 3.16 on it or some verse that means something to you. So this doesn't happen again. So that time of crisis might be the sound of the mulberry trees. That rustling sound should awaken us to confession and repentance. Uh, now what should I do? Not a why, Lord, but now what? The first thing I'll do is, well, I'm not going to trust myself. I'm going to trust in the Lord. But how, how can I do that? You know, why? I'll go home this day maybe, and I'm going to wrestle with prayer more earnestly, Spurgeon says, uh, and then I have been. Uh, I want to do what God will bless the minister and multiply the church. Spurgeon says he's going to go home when, when tragedy hits and he's going to pray. And he's going to say, hey, Lord, I want to bless my whoever's serving, whoever's serving. I want to bless them by praying for them first and foremost. And so you know, when you and I hear the rustling and those mulberry trees, maybe you don't have mulberry trees. Maybe you just hear the wind blowing. Whatever it is, know this. Number one, you're strategic in where God has placed you. As that Christian, because you have the Holy Spirit, you have the three in one, you have the Almighty God. And number two, that you pray, that you inquire of the Lord. And then when tragedy does hit or when a blessing hits someone else, that you're still praying for them, even though great things have happened to somebody else. And that we live our lives out to be the Christians that God calls us to be, to to walk that walk that he's called us to walk, so to speak. And so you and I have a very great responsibility. You may not think so, but through prayer, through devotion to the Lord, through reading his word, you'll find out that where God has you and what God has you doing, he can make you great in that. He can anoint your efforts. We're so glad you tuned in today to Pastor Mark's teaching here on Come Alive. Pastor Mark has been walking us through the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, unlocking the blessings, truth, and love found within its verses. We know that reading God's Word can be difficult to squeeze into your schedule sometimes, so having something to listen to instead can help. With that in mind, we'd like to let you know about our Come Alive podcast. We've made Pastor Mark's messages available to you for free so that you can take them with you on the go making hearing the Word so much more convenient. Search for Come Alive on iTunes or on Google Play and subscribe to have a notification sent to you as soon as we post new additions. Thanks again for tuning in today to Come Alive. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry and the church behind it, please visit us online at comealiveradio.com. If you're living in or near Katy, Texas, we'd also like to invite you to come see us in person at Calvary Chapel Katy. 
We are a laid-back group of Jesus followers, and we love inviting new people to come join us in seeking the Father and praising His name. Find service times and directions to our church when you visit our website, comealiveradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you continue to find Jesus through His Word and in everything you do. Join us next time for another in-depth look at the Bible, right here on Come Alive.